All right, before I begin the next interview, I want to let you dog owners out there to, to know about a new subscription service, uh, maybe one that you might actually like, and maybe for your dog. It's called BarkBox. You see, BarkBox is a monthly subscription service that will make your dog and, and yourself incredibly happy. Every month, BarkBox picks the, the best treats and toys to match your dog's unique needs from, from local and small business shops that you may not otherwise be able to find. These new toys will keep your dog engaged, interested, and happy. And guess what? If, you, if your dog doesn't like something in the box, they'll send you something that they will love for free. Because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Free shipping, and you can choose anything between 1 month, 6 months, 12 months, and, and you can cancel at any time. And folks, if you visit getbarkbox.com slash buildingbreweries, I'd be happy to give your dog one extra month free of treats and toys. Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to the podcast. This is the 23rd episode of the Building Breweries podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening and liking and subscribing and rating and sharing and doing all those things that make me look good. I appreciate it. Um, I love getting new breweries um, and new people to talk to. So if you have any suggestions, I'd be happy to hear. You can reach me on Twitter, MolarMD, or on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash buildingbreweries. Um, I, I want to talk to as many people as possible. Later uh, in this interview, I'll be speaking with the guys over at Great Flood Brewing Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I live about a mile away from their current tap room. Uh, they've been open just a little over two years now in that small little tap room that they have, and uh, I'm very thankful to hear that they are expanding. So if you want to learn more about their expansion project and, and how they'll start canning, uh, please listen to the interview and let me know if you have any questions. Again, my Twitter is MolarMD. All right, I'm happy to be joined now by... Vince Kane and Matt Fuller of Great Flood Brewing Company here in Louisville, Kentucky at their second location in Shelby Park. Guys, what's going on? Uh, just working. Over <laughs> everything. Making beer. Yeah, yeah well, what were you doing right before you came here? We were knocking out uh, an APA that we've been working with a, a local farmer on, so we just wet hopped that, um, and that should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, but we've just been... Uh, a little bit of everything. Our hot side just got finished up, so uh, we literally, as we sat down to do this interview, uh, got an email about that and got the pictures, so it's happening. Congrats. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you all meet up initially? I mean, Great Flood's about two and a half years old now. Before then, how'd you all do this? Uh, we met in college um, probably 07, 08, and we've just kind of been friends since then. Um, we got a wild hair to start brewing in 2012, early 2012. And uh, that's kind of where the, the brewery story started. Excellent. And Matt, what do you do? Uh, I'm the head brewer and head janitor. And I mean, we all, we all are pretty well cross-trained, and, and we kind of do each other's jobs. But yeah. And, and then missing uh, today is, is Zach Barnes, uh, self-described uh, self numbers guy, and, and everything else, I guess. The, the, the numbers guy that's still cleaning up the knockout because I'm here. So thanks, yeah. Zach. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Matt, when you first opened, what, what beers did you focus on, and did you have, were, were they beers that you liked or beers that you thought that the market would, you know, be interested in? Sure. Well, we were fortunate enough, I mean, whether you wanted to or didn't want to or whatnot, on a two-barrel system, you're going to have variety uh, one way or the other. So um, 
you know, we opened up, we had 12 fermenters at the time, um, and we were able to brew stuff that we really liked. We definitely put some thought into it and hoped that people would dig it too, but, uh, you know, we weren't sitting there and just brewing a bunch of repeats. So uh, we had the, the first 22 beers we brewed were all different. Um, so, I mean, given once we got them, we had a couple of test batches, obviously, but, sure. uh, but once we got them lined up, we just kind of started knocking different things out. So uh, we always try and find that balance, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's a lot more fun to brew when you're, you know, really into it. This is exactly what I want to be doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you haven't noticed, there's, there's a bit of a, a craft beer boom, um, especially, especially in Louisville. Has your guys' perception of what your role is in the city of Louisville, in the Louisville beverage scene, um, changed in the last two and a half years at all? I, I don't think so. Um, I think we've always had a, a familiar goal. I mean, we want to be on the forefront of craft beer in Louisville. Uh, we saw a void. We saw an opportunity. Um, one of the you know core ideas that we had when we wanted to open was to make craft beer more affordable. That's why we always um, keep beer really, really cheap or affordable at our uh, tap room, whether we make it or whether it's a guest beer. Um, but I there's people like to people have questioned you know are we are we reaching a, a maximum capacity for craft beer in Louisville? I, anybody who's been to real craft beer hubs across the country yeah, knows that Louisville's not there yet. We're not even close. And, and given the capacity that we have to consume other alcoholic beverages and to consume all the great food that's offered at these great restaurants around the city, like we aren't even scratching the surface. There, I mean, there's a new brewery opened up last week. Uh, we just heard, got word of a new brewery opening up in uh, in Linden. Later, later yeah, hop, year. hop, sup, something. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough name. I, I just heard. <laughs> it I, I should have researched. I could give a shout out, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we another we, another names is, is uh, uh, Sam and Christie. So okay, <laughs> I, I, I will say that our role is, is is we hope is going to change a little bit. We're going to turn from that local neighborhood tap room, which we're going to maintain and keep the same. But we're we'd also like to become something that's known around the city as a great local option at any bar you go to, or a great local six pack you can pick up and take home on your way home. Um, so that is going to change, but the idea of making great beer at an affordable price, that hasn't changed at all. Okay. Well, and we're, you know, that, that's the nice thing, too. We're still able to work together with, with all the other breweries. We've had so much help from other people, and hopefully we've helped a couple of people along the way. Um, and I think that's just going to continue as the Louisville craft beer is growing. And as Vince mentioned before, you know, we've been talking to a lot of people, and Louisville, you know, over the past 10 to 15 years has become, you know, a foodie city and people are traveling for that. And it's always had the bourbon, but there's um, more, you know, the craft distilleries moving in town because it's just kind of easier to hit Louisville than maybe drive through the whole state. And, it, and it's really building up. And, you know, we think, you know, us together in, in Kentucky like to put our beer up against, you know, anyone else in the country. And so as we see other hubs kind of growing up on the East Coast or, or whatnot, we'd really like to become one. You know, it just good food and beverage really go together and that's something that the city has always kind of been known for and we're hoping that we can all kind of get together and, and carry that banner and, and really put Louisville on the map for that. Absolutely. Now I think I think a lot of people listening in Louisville and the Louisville area are familiar why y'all are called the Great Flood or Great Flood Brewing Company. Um, but for those outside of it, how'd you get the name and, and there's a bit of a little historical background there. Yeah, n- naming the brewery was kind of a tedious chore. Um, there are, even two years ago, there were an enormous number of breweries already open. So even if we came up with good ideas, we'd normally find that the idea was already taken. So um, we wanted to aim for something that was both local, uh, had a local story. We, we, we love the idea that our, our beer and our brand has a story behind it um, and is relevant to our city. But not only is it relevant to our city, the, the Great Flood of 1937 affected pretty much 
everything along the Ohio River Valley area, all the way you know all, all across the entire state of Kentucky. So Cincinnati was affected, uh, Western Kentucky was affected, Evansville. Everybody has a story. So we figured if we're going to expand our beer one day, we need to be able to go to those areas and they can relate to that story. Um, but the coolest thing about the history of the Great Flood of 1937 was um, it's such a positive uh, you know, influential part in our city's history. Um, it drove a lot of people to the east, to the highlands where we're located, where our taproom is located, um, uh, out of downtown, which at first was a tragedy, but the, uh, the way we were able to get people out of downtown away from the water um, was just amazing. The whole yeah. thing's about people coming together and helping each yeah, other. Yeah, and if you look at the names of our beers, you know, our Find Away IPA, Louisville finds a way to get it done. <laughs> it took less than 24 hours to get tens of thousands of people out of downtown into these, uh, at the time, urban areas, which are now the highlands, um, to safety, essentially. And it's great. We actually found out afterwards that uh, there was a, one of the, there were two major supply depots for, essentially, refugees from downtown. One of them was right across the street from our taproom. Oh, wow. So, so uh, Rick Bell is a local author, historian, um, and he wrote a book about the history of the Great Flood and all the amazing stories. Um, and he came in as we were building our taproom before we had an official name and uh, told us all these great stories and everything was just so positive and we thought at that time you know this that makes a ton of sense that needs to be a story that that louisville knows about and that needs to be something we build a brand on so if you look at our brand we've got the 30s 20s 30s style art deco to kind yeah, of fit the yeah. theme um, it's very gas uh, great gasping of you exactly exactly um so we we kind of try to lean on that um our beer names you know you look at the our unified pale ale you look at um just anything all, all the beer names essentially you know harken back to that idea of coming together, working together, overcoming obstacles together. Um, and you'll see that when we see our packaging over the next year. It's uh, it's kind of a longer story to tell. Like we've been standing here or sitting here explaining it for a little bit, but basically what we wanted to get at the end of the day was, you know, we wanted people to be able to pick up a can one day if we were lucky enough to get to this stage, um, be able to read a little story on the back and basically it kind of say, hey, we're from Louisville and we think, you know, and this is why we think it's cool. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of, all of that plays into to what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's kind of what I wanted to go back to. You said you're, you're, you wanted to expand when you first started. Did you have any idea what would happen in, in two and a half years? No. Uh, honestly, the, the, the conservative part of the business plan had us hopefully quitting our day jobs within two years. So um, obviously you always want to have you know the worst case scenario and then the best case scenario. We're, we're much closer to the best case scenario option as far as the first business plan goes. Um, we were hoping that someday, maybe three or four years down the line, we'd be where we are now. So we're, we're well ahead of schedule. This was always the plan, just maybe not, not this fast. And not this big. And not this big, yeah. And you, you mentioned marketing cans, and I guess you're, you'll be canning, so that, that's, that's excellent. <laughs> Surprise. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what goes into the, to the marketing of that exactly? I mean, you, you've done a great job in, in your taproom already, and you've, like you said, I guess you want to go for that that 1920s 1930s feel with a, with a story on the can but is that is that a difficult thing to do for, for brewers well there's so many beers available and, and customers have so many options right now it's it's difficult to stand out um, even as one of the few local options in package is still going to be difficult to stand out when you think of a normal you know beer wall at a liquor store you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of options usually um, we think we've done a really good job with our can designs so far that are going to really stand out they're going to show our branding they're going to uh, we'll probably start with just two or three options in cans um, and uh, maybe do it like a seasonal rotator in cans um, but we haven't necessarily nailed down all those details just yet we have purchased a canning line it will we, we will be as soon as beer is available here we will be putting it into cans mm -hmm. but um, 
that that marketing, you know, we're just <laughs> it's the first time we've ever done this. Yeah. So, so it's a lot of just like at our at our tap room, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, I'm sure we won't do it perfectly the first time, but it's uh, we just want to make sure that people get a feeling for who we are, who our employees are, and who are, and what our business stands for in the brief moment you look at the can. So. We'll see. There's a lot of layers, you know. It's oh, yeah. like ogres and onions and parfaits and stuff, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what, what do you see when you're six feet away? What do you see when it's in your hand? You know, once you've gotten home, what do you see? And we're trying to make sure that each one of those parts of the experience, you know, is, is done it's right. The mark. So. And we've done our research, but there's just, there's no guarantees in this business. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the part that just baffles me the most because, you know, at some point you're, you're, in a, you're in a Kroger and you're looking at a shelf and then you just happen to you either see it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty important part of the business. And someone spent a lot of money on that, and it wasn't us. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep, right on. Um, so you you have the old tap room, and you're expanding into this new this new kind of a warehouse facility. How'd you find this place? <laughs> we got lucky. Like yeah, we always re- do. Really good realtors. <laughs> really good timing. Yeah. No, it's just uh, we we had been looking for probably seven eight months pretty aggressively, and there were there were either options that were too big or too old or needed too much work or needed too you know. Um, we just happened upon this kind of in the eleventh hour, and it worked out. <laughs> and you have the the employees at the old tap room. You're keeping that open. You have new employees coming in here. I assume how many do you plan on having uh, hiring? I guess not not a ton right off the bat. We're kind of feeling it out. Um, we we really hate ourselves, and so um, <laughs> in the beginning of the old place, in the beginning of this place, we're gonna try and cover probably more by ourselves than we should just to get a feel for it so we kind of I mean know Zach is still back at the tap yeah, right, yeah. yeah he'll be here at like seven waiting for an interview and he'll just yeah. be by himself it'll be great um at, at what moment in the last two and a half years did you all feel like you had something special like you had you felt success I'm sure if we had time to think about it we'd feel that way but I don't really. We yeah, don't get a lot of. I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's success, an assumption on my part. Success is a funny term, you know. I, I think back to there was one night, um, a couple months after we opened the bar, and we were just dead tired, and everyone was kind of a zombie, and Vince and I were up in the the front corner of the the bar cleaning up, and it was about closing time, and we were kind of looking back so we could see the whole building in one scope, and it was like holy crap they're like people here and they're like spending money on on stuff that we made they chose you know? to yeah and, and buy so beer. you know i don't know that that's success but it was almost just like you know you re- we're, we're gonna you be realize. okay like yeah. we might we might be able to make it if we're lucky enough and that was kind of that was the big one that pops out to me and then like like vince said we've just been keeping our heads down trying to tread water since that moment so it's uh yeah we'll look back in a couple of years and this will all be funny but have there, not yet. have there been any mistakes along the way? Yeah, I don't think you got time for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, nothing catastrophic, but I mean, it, you could call them mistakes or, or learning opportunities. Learning but, opportunities uh, yeah. but, but I mean, it, <laughs> some of our biggest triumphs have come from mistakes, and we don't, don't have time to go through those either. But like, uh, we we've learned more than we ever thought we would along the way. Um, luckily, we have an amazing team behind us. We have oh, some. Yeah. Of, we have the best employees that you could ever ask for. Um, it, it's just it's just wonderful. They always pick us up when when families we, we, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and our, yeah. And, our, and our families and our significant others. It's just we couldn't do it without any of those people. But um, luckily, we haven't screwed anything up so bad that we couldn't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> We're building our own equipment, and you know, uh, all of that other stuff. It's always you know electrical fire here, replace <laughs> parts there, and all. And it's usually just some 
you know, you tinker a little bit and keep the plane from crashing, but it's uh, you're always running around putting out something somewhere. And when you build a brewery yourself, I mean, Matt's been tasked with brewing over 350 times on a brewery that probably had 100 good brews Shouldn't in it. Shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like, like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, we, any, any beer we've made that wasn't good enough, it goes down the drain. And that doesn't happen often, but, you know, we have high, ex- we have high standards, high expectations of ourselves, so, like, Stuff goes down the drain. Doesn't that just... That's just the worst feeling. I mean, I, I only know it on a, on a small scale, on like, you know, a five-gallon bucket. Scale, yeah, yeah. I only know like a five-gallon bucket, and I'm like, oh, what a waste of time. It, I can't imagine on a higher... It is what it is. I mean, the only, you, you have the split second while it's going down that's like, <laughs> I could have been golfing that day. You know, it's, it's all about the time. The money doesn't matter. It's just about the, the main hours that went into it, but it's usually something that uh, that was our fault, so uh, you can't sit on it too long. <laughs> it, feels, it feels good to know that we have the ability and, and the flexibility to take something and say, this doesn't meet our standards and it's we're not going to sell it. So that, that that is more of a positive feel. If you all each had to, each, each, one, each one of you had to choose one beer that you all have made and just stick with that for the rest of your life, or at least the rest <laughs> of your life at Great Flood, what would it be? Uh, man, that's that's tough. I, my What first came to mind is our uh, coffee porter. Uh, it's called uh, 30, 37 Porter is our base porter. It's delicious by itself, but we uh, we use cold brew coffee from Centergas, um and infuse it in with a brew, and it's uh, it's delicious any time of year. Uh, it's a perfect coffee beer balance. That if I had to just take one, I'd probably stick with that. Matt, yeah, we always have this this inner <laughs> like fake feud that's become like kind of a real feud about like the best beer we've ever brewed, and and it's you know between a couple of options like that. Uh, and obviously Vince is on the Porter side, and so getting away from that because it's just not going to do anything. You know, I, I'm I'm a little nostalgic, and so uh, I'm going to say the Defiant Double IPA. Um, you know, way back when, whether it was because it was really really good or because it was over 10% alcohol, you know, that was kind of the one we were sitting on the back porch and drank too many of, and thought like, hey, we could sell this, and that's the one that, you know, the first days when we were in there uh, and we we're showing off the the what is now the old brewery, you know, that was our new space. And we were talking to people and saying like, Hey, you know, look at us. We could, we can do this. You know, we're not just some yahoos, even though we were some yahoos <laughs> and still are. Um, that was the one we had in growlers from our homebrew system that we put in growlers because we wanted to look like we knew what we were doing. Um, <laughs> and so that's the one that's kind of been there for us at a lot of different milestones. Uh, but, it, but like I said, it, it might be fonder memories because I don't remember a lot of times <laughs> drinking 10%. So that's more than fair. Mm-hmm. So at, at this at this new uh, facility in this new location, what kind of uh, what kind of system are you working with? Sure. So uh, we're doing a fifteen barrel hot side, uh, thirty barrel cold side. The hot side is uh, from Bridgetown, which is kind of a newer outfit uh, in Oregon. They made everything uh, in the states, which was cool. Uh, that doesn't always mean everything, but we went and looked at a couple other systems in Chicago. Um, installed and they looked really good and we liked it and we, we bought into what they were saying so uh, they just finished that one up and we're pretty excited about it uh, the cold side is uh, premier stainless we we found a lot of them uh, in really good condition from a brewery that was expanding in California so we just matched up what else we needed so we've got all the you know fittings and gaskets are the same so that helps out um, we're running the 30 barrel fermenters uh, we've got a 30 barrel bright and a 60 barrel bright in case we want to double into it and then you know we've just overbuilt everything last time we shot too low and it really hurt us um you know it was surprisingly difficult to crank out consistently as much beer as we needed um and so this time we tried to make it to where you know if we don't 
have to brew around the clock, that's great, you know, and we're, we're good and settled, but we also have infrastructure overbuilt so that we really just need to get tanks in. You know, it's not the glycol's fine, the heating capacity's fine, the cooling capacity's fine, all of that. Um, we'll just be bringing in new tanks and dropping them if we're lucky enough to, to expand from here. So Now compare that to your first place at, at Douglas Loop. Uh, I mean, you can't. Like, it was just a, a long... Or contrast, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, and I, I still... That, that system's gotten us to where we are now, but it was much more of a... People were telling us that we couldn't do it, um, and we really needed to make, you know, it work on that, you know, building our own and kind of on that price line and things like that because we didn't have any money when we were starting up. And... Uh, and I'll say, you know, it probably shouldn't have been done, um, but it, it was possible. So I don't have anything bad to say about this system that's gotten us to where we are now, sure. but it, it is a big difference. It's going to be a more efficient brew day. It's going to be a slightly faster brew day. Uh, it just, it kind of hurts. You know, we were actually doing a collaboration with uh, Carson's the other day. Those guys mm-hmm. are awesome. Uh, and we got to go up so there and play with Evansville? all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they have a, a somewhat similar setup to what we're getting, and so it was fun to kind of play with everything again and get ready for our new one coming in. But the, the biggest thing that you feel is at the end of the day, we did a, a double batch, and it was about 12 and a half hours, and, you know, we double once a week now. Um, but at the end of their double batch, because they're on a 20-barrel hot side, it, it's like we did in 12 hours what would have taken us 20 days to do um, wow. on our system. And so that kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. It's um, obviously everything's more easily repeatable, more easily testable. It's going to be a less stressful brew day and all of those good things. But it really, at the end of the day, comes down to, man, I put in about the same day I would have at home and, and we got 20 days worth of work. And that kind of, it makes you smile, but it, makes you, it was hard to come back and brew that next brew day on our system because it was like, I'm about to work my butt off and, and get 62 gallons. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to take us about two months here to make more beer than we ever made at another place. Yeah, oh my gosh. and we've so. been churning at the other place. I mean, we've put out a good amount of beer compared to you know a lot of other people, um, just because we're dumb enough to try it. So, so this is a question I like to ask uh, various uh, Louisville breweries and, and the people behind them. Are there any other Louisville brewers and owners, you know, breweries in general that that inspire you all, or maybe inspired you all when you opened? I think we have really cool relationships with just about everybody. Um, I can think back to when I was in college, right around 21, uh, working construction. We'd always find a way to get down to Cumberland or um, what used to be the BBC Tap Room and fill, yeah. they, you know, get, get go on the $2 pint nights and <laughs> fill growlers, you know, cheap college or uh, poor college kids. But um, so all the way back to then, we had relationships with, say, Scotty from what is now Goodwood. and. Um, we built relationships um, with Leah from Apocalypse. She's yeah. been a huge help to us. Uh, Nick Nick Gordon Biersch is an amazing. Yeah, he helped guy. us out today. Yeah, yeah, he screwed something up and he built us out. The, <laughs> the Gordon Biersch guys do not get nearly enough credit. Oh, for, they never do for the quality of beer they make and for the you know how much they contribute to the Kentucky Guild of Brewers. Those guys are awesome. Um, I mean, really everybody. Phil at Goodwood. I, I mean, I'm going to forget somebody, but like every, every, uh, Rick at Akasha. Yeah, the um, Monic guys. Monic and, guys. Yeah, that's just Louisville. I mean, West Six Country. Because, everyone. Part yeah. of it's because we're still such a small community. We all know each other. We all help each other out. And, and I'm sure that it's that, that way most places. But there, there's a special camaraderie here. Um, and, you know, we, we're just really happy to be a part of it. The big thing that's kind of, you know, I guess inspiring, if you will, is that it's so much fun. We don't get a lot of time um, together. But when we do get together and we talk to the other brewers and owners and all of that, you know, everyone 
has kind of different goals, but it's it's fun to see you know how people have outlined their goals, and everyone's being super successful right now at whatever they want to do. Um, you know, like Adam and and Sam and and all them at Against the Grain. You know, they're doing so awesome. At, they're in like six countries in Europe yeah. and Japan, and they're just like rock stars. And that's you know, it seems like that's something they've always wanted to do is be able to get their beer out places that you know maybe other people wouldn't have been able to try it. And they're kicking butt at that. And you know, we talk to the guys at Monica a lot. And I'm only mentioning these two because they're they're somewhat um, opposite almost. Where um, they're all about creating something and sharing it with someone, and really being you know being the the hand that, that slides it across the bar yeah. and talking to people. Yeah, I think I've, I've talked to uh, Brian Holton before and, yeah. and he just explained it I mean I, I asked him if he would if he had to choose between uh, distribution only and tap room only he said without oh, any question down, tap yeah. room <laughs> and, and so it, it's cool because you know I, while, while I kind of see us somewhere in in between is it's fun to be able to talk to people and it's like we've all got like the same basic idea and we have different kind of goals and we're going about it in different ways but man everyone's just doing such an awesome job and it seems like everyone's really checking those boxes and kind of accomplishing what they want to accomplish and so to be able to look up to people um, that have done that and to be able to try and help people that are just getting open um, kind of on that path to to doing whatever they want to do and doing it well is really exciting because I mean I've never seen it's starting to become a a bigger group and for for everyone to be able to just be kicking the door down and and doing what they want is uh, is pretty awesome you know you usually don't see that many people just really achieving goals so we're, this is uh, early August 2016. When should we expect for this to be a fully functional uh, and operational facility? The official word is uh, by the end of 2016, you should expect to see beer coming out of this building. Um, there is potential it could be sooner than that, but we're, the official statement is that uh, end of 2016. There, there's just with anything like this, whenever the government's involved, whenever uh, suppliers are involved, there's so many variables. We don't want to make promises we can't keep. Sure. There's so many people trying to open in Kentucky and Louisville and even across the country. You know, the TTB does a, a great job, but they're so woefully understaffed. I mean, we're, uh, it's so funny. We were talking about it the other day when we opened, you know, we, we filed federally the week before the government shut down, you know, and there were like 1400 breweries. And now I think there's 4,400 breweries open and, and who knows how many that are, that are trying to open. And so we're in like the oldest 30% of breweries in the country. So let that sink in for a second because that's messed up. But you know, if, if that puts into perspective what, you know, each um, larger funnel of you know government agency or whoever it is you're working with the same thing there's there's a lot of stress on the suppliers right now and so there's so many people that are working really hard to, to help us get open but are just really covered up that uh, you know we're, we're pushing and we're we're motivated if you had things your way you'd be open yeah late be 2016 open. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think we'd be open sooner. That's what so, we're saying. Okay, we're we're, we're trying to catch sooner, but I think we're, we're safe to say to, end of to be clear, that's producing beer here. The tap room will likely be open after that. That was my next question, because yeah. I know you said you might have, you, you're going to have a, a small tap room available um, in, the, in the corner of the, the facility mm-hmm. warehouse. Um, There's no real rush to get that open right now. Sure. Um, we, we well, want, you already have one. Right. We, we want to, anybody who wants to get the true Great Flood experience, we want to send them to, to Barkstown Road. Um, and then this will be an, like an auxiliary place. We can do a lot of events here. Uh, it'll be a little more casual feel. It's going to, it's a warehouse. So it's going to be hot. You know, it's going to be, uh, or cold. Or really cold. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, because of the location here, we're hoping we can attract a completely different um, demographic of customers, um, open us up to, you know, uh, west of the 65, get those people to come over a little bit. But um, 
no no concrete plans on that just yet. Some some people just love you know standing sipping a beer and, and looking at me like yep that that's where this came from. Yep. <laughs> no, it's cool. And there's, it, we're not. I don't know of any other field in Louisville where you're going to stand be able to stand 20 feet from the tanks that you're. you're yeah, I'm actually trying to think about that. West too. Six quite possibly it. be in the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, West Six has it. Um, can't really think of anybody else. So it's, it should be a cool, unique, new experience for Louisville Williams. Or there's a reason for it. We'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, obviously you have a lot on your, on your plate right now with, with this facility and, and opening that. So that, that's a that's a big leap for you. Are there any other future plans though, that you'd like to share? Any kind of events that you're planning at the at the tap room on Bardstown Road? Um, the next big thing on the calendar is I think September seventeenth. It's our we're doing we do an annual Oktoberfest event where we make our the only lager we make all year is an Oktoberfest and it's I love it. It's my one of my favorite beers that we make aside from the coffee porter. Um, but we bring in a bunch of German Oktoberfest. We bring in a bunch of American Oktoberfest and do a big. And you know we have the the Moss the leaders leader mugs mm-hmm. and uh, have a big party. Um, but there's always something going on in the tap room just about every weekend. So. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, one, one, just one last question, and you, we talked a little bit about, about uh, success earlier. How old were you all when you first opened the the uh, Bardstown Road location? That's a great question. I guess, how old am I right now? Yeah. yeah. 23, 24 for me, and... I was 25. Okay. Yeah. So you you all are a bunch of, you know, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, you opened up a location on Bardstown Road, made a brewery, mm-hmm. made that work, expanded to a huge warehouse facility. And you're always expanding. I think that's, I would consider that some success. So definitely be proud. Thanks, man. We'll feel better when the tanks are full, but we're we're almost there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. And and Zach, um, we'll just keep cleaning. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys.